Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Before we get started in today's video, don't forget to join our free Facebook community, get real answers to real credit questions, learn from some of the experts in our industry, as well as from other people that are in similar situations that are taking advantage of the free content and improving their credit and making their credit situation better. Hope to see you guys on the inside. So let's take a look at the allegations. So there are three federal agencies that uh, entered into a joint consent order against Trustmark Bank. Those agencies were the DOJ, which is the Department of Justice, the CFPB, which is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and the OCC, which is the Office of Comptroller of Currency. So they entered into the consent order last week, right around Friday, October 22nd. And so these federal agencies are suing and accusing uh, Trustmark Bank um, of redlining. And the, their accusation is that Trustmark Bank was avoiding offering and marketing housing loans to the black and Hispanic community in Memphis, Tennessee specifically. Now again, we're going to discuss the details of the case, find out if this is true or not, um, or do we just have some bureaucrats here in, in government trying to make a quick buck and make themselves look good. Now first, let's define redlining. So we can all be on the same page with what is redlining and maybe what does modern day redlining look like. So this comes from Wikipedia and I'm just going to read it. So redlining is the systematic denial of various services to residents of specific, often racially associated neighborhoods or communities either explicitly or through the selective raising of prices. So that's the definition from Wikipedia. You can look at Merriam-Webster, take your pick um, to kind of get an idea of what does, what's the definition of redlining. So redlining historically uh, involved explicit bans on loan offers to customers from majority black or Hispanic communities. That's what we have grown up to know what, what redlining was. And uh, which meant that if you were black or, or brown uh, or even just in a minority group and you were trying to get a mortgage loan uh, and you were from a certain zip code, you might be declined just based on the fact that, um, you know, you or, or would have, you know, you know, based on where you came from. Or also you could have been redlined because you didn't get the education or didn't get marketed to based on the zip code that you were from. So you never really learn about the steps to get a house or to get a mortgage because you didn't have good banks in your community. So that's kind of what historically what redlining was. Um, and so, you know, it's, you know, we're gonna kind of see how that definition of redlining fit into what Trustmark is doing and see if the feds have a good case against Trustmark Bank. So back to the allegations. So. The Fed said that between 2014 and 2018, Trustmark avoided locating their branches in majority black and brown communities. Trustmark had failed to assign a single loan officer 
two majority black and Hispanic communities. Trustmark had failed to monitor its compliance with fair lending laws and Trustmark discouraged home loan applications from black and brown people. So again, these are the allegations that the feds have made. And of course, whenever they make these allegations and they sue a company, they've done a lot of digging, a lot of research, you know, so that way by the time that they sue, they know they have a good chance if it goes to court that they're gonna win. So they try to kind of kind of pin that company into, into settling. So let's look at some hard evidence here. What did the feds have on Trustmark for them to proceed with a, a lawsuit against Trustmark Bank? So here's some data. So 50% of the census tracts in Memphis, Tennessee are majority black and brown. And only four out of 25 Trustmark branches were located in the majority black and brown locations. Okay, so that means about 50% of Memphis, Tennessee is black and brown. And Trustmark has 25 branches total in Memphis, Tennessee, and four of them, only four of them are in these communities. So that means 21, per, 21 of them of the 25 are in the other 50% non-majority. doesn't mean there's not any black and brown uh, people in the, the non-majority. That just means that the, where the majority black and brown communities, communities are located, there's, there seems to be uh, an imbalance there where the majority of the branches are located in the non-black and brown majority communities. So based on this, does this solely mean that they're redlining? It's, it's a pretty close, it looks pretty close. It doesn't look good. But, you know, it doesn't look good for Trustmark Bank, but let's let's continue. And so, you know, based on the redlining definition alone that we read earlier, it's really tough to say that Trustmark Bank was, in fact, redlining based on that. I mean, they weren't completely avoiding those communities because they did have four locations. Um, and we don't really know exactly, you know, why they didn't put more in those communities, um, you know, who knows? There could be other details maybe around real estate costs or who knows? But you know the fact that they didn't completely avoid putting you know any locations in these communities does make a hard case that they were you know that they you know that were they were redlining um, or were not redlining. But you know the fact that there is a big imbalance there is questionable to the least. So let, let's continue on and looking at some other evidence here. So let's look at some other complaints, some other evidence that the feds have against Trustmark Bank. So Trustmark allegedly did not assign mortgage loan officers in those four branches. Uh, that doesn't look good for, for Trustmark Bank. Um, so someone from that community, let me kind of tell you how that could be pretty bad and how that could be really considered redlining. Some, let's say someone from that community in the majority black and brown communities in Memphis, Tennessee, they walk in, they want to, to talk about getting a mortgage loan and speak to someone about the, the home buying process. There's nobody there to help them. So that bank has to tell, basically tell them, sorry, we don't have a mortgage loan officer here. Um, here is the phone number of another branch or here's another location. Go to this location. Who knows how far away it was from, from, from them. You have to go there to speak to someone um, or we can try to have someone you know, come back to you. you know, keep in mind, the banks were pretty much closed off, especially during the pandemic. So I'm pretty sure that was, uh, you know, and this was, again, this was before, so I should, I should rather not say that. This was like 2014, 18, so this is not 2020, 2021. Um, but, uh, you know, basically it's an incon inconvenience to that person in the community to have to go to a different location that's probably far away 
or have to make a phone call and you know may not really get the help that they're looking for they're going in person for a specific reason that's probably how you know they they communicate better and uh, and of course these four locations did not have an assigned loan mortgage loan officer in that branch um, and and in, so is that solely a good reason, you know, for for evidence of why, you know, or, or evidence of redlining? Well, if you look at Trustmark's competitors in that same area, in the black and brown communities, they actually receive two and a half times as many mortgage applications. So you could try to make the claim that, well, we didn't have mortgage loan officers in these locations because the demand really was not there. We don't really get a lot of inquiries, so to speak, about mortgage loans or, or, or the home buying uh, procedures. But if you look at the competitors, competitors will say different. Well, I mean, we got, you know, two and a half times more applications, you know, than, than Trustmark Bank. And so, you know, the feds really did their homework and uh, did some digging there and found that, you know, that really wouldn't be a good argument for them to make. Uh, based on the fact that their competitors are doing uh, or are receiving mortgage uh, applications at two and a half times the, the rate that Trustmark is. So it's pretty good defense uh, or pretty pretty uh, good offense that the feds have there. Um, and that kind of would be the nail in the coffin for, for Trustmark Bank if they try to take it to court or they try to, to you know, have a, you know, have a good defense prepared. That's kind of the nail in the coffin for them, which is probably why they end up settling, which we'll talk about that right now. So Trustmark didn't deny the allegations. They didn't say that, you know, that, you know, they're in the right or the feds were wrong. So they didn't really deny these allegations. In fact, they entered into a settlement with these federal agencies. So Trustmark is going to pay $5 million in fines to settle with the DOJ, the CFPB, and the OCC. Now, a little side note there, how, how bad is this for Trustmark? How bad does it hurt them? Well, Trustmark generates about $150 million per year. In fact, they did $153 million in 2020. So, you know, a $5 million fine is, is about a week's and a half worth of, of, of revenue. So it does sting to a certain degree, but, you know, Trustmark doesn't, by settling, you know, they, they, they get a slap on the wrist, they pay a fine, and Trustmark doesn't have to have their name, you know, dragged through the mud, and, and, and so they can kind of move on and, and do whatever they want to do in the banking world. Um, of course, if they went to court and it went back and forth, it would have picked up a lot of, uh, you know, media, it would have picked up a lot of, uh, a lot of press, and maybe that would have been a bad image for, for, for Trustmark. And so, you know, for them, it's pay the fine, settle with, with, with the feds, even if they think that they were, they had a good defense, even if they think that they weren't in the wrong and they had some good, you know, evidence to support that, you know, they weren't redlining. The fact that they settled means that that defense probably was not strong enough. And then just kind of looking at it from a from a profit and loss standpoint, you know, just settling, paying the fine, not having a reputation ruined in the process is probably going to be the better way to go. So that's what ended up happening. You know, in, in, in my opinion there, it looks like they were they, they were pretty close. Uh, if not, they were, in fact, redlining. My opinion on that is because you know, the fact that they didn't have a mortgage loan officer present in those locations. You know, I guess their their side could be, we couldn't find anybody, but you know, if you have them in other branches, you can kind of figure out a way to make it work and put some in those other locations. So, you know, I think that's probably, again, the nail in the coffin uh, for them. Um, you know, they could have probably got away with, hey, we're not completely avoiding these areas. We have four in, in these locations but by them not putting a single loan officer in those locations. Again, in my opinion, I think that kind of seals the deal for the feds. 
So let's take a look at a statement uh, released from the CEO of Trustmark Bank. So uh, Trustmark CEO is Dwayne A. Dewey. Um, he said in a statement that we fully cooperated with the agencies and have entered into the settlements to avoid the distraction of a protracted litigation and because we share the common goals of breaking down barriers to home financing and exploring innovative ways to help residents in under underserved uh, areas achieve the dream of home ownership has a lot of uh, HR PR kind of spill you know spin to it hey say this to you know to the public so you that way you kind of kind of save face there so you know again it kind of goes with what I was projecting there you know they, they end up settling so that way you know they don't really want to drag this through court and, and you know drag their name through the mud in the process and then say then it's like hey say this good PR statement which is we share the common goals of breaking down barriers to home finance this is kind of like the thing people say these days when they're on the verge of getting canceled you got to say this you know word uh, you know soup of, of words that people like you know like barriers and uh, innovative and uh, underserved things like that that's just what what a lot of people say to kind of kind of save face and from, from when they're in the process of being canceled so okay well you know it is what it is they end up settling with the feds and now let's take a look at the side from the feds my opinion on that um, was this in fact a good case for the feds was there actual you know redlining here um, you know and why did the feds actually pursue Trustmark Bank so again was Trustmark really redlining here it does look like it in my opinion and gave you my reasons why to a certain degree now were the feds trying to make a quick buck and, and look good you know in my opinion on that I, I believe so as well uh, because the fine wasn't too much so they didn't really mean to put Trustmark out of business you know if because if, if they were hardcore redlining then you know, the feds would have shut that down right but they didn't so you know the fine wasn't wasn't as severe the punishment wasn't that drastic you know and and, and they do look good to the public because now they have a, a little head on their on their on their mantle that can say hey we took down Trustmark Bank, you know, they they were, you know, we accused them of redlining, they settled with us, which means they agreed with us, look at us, we're the good guys, we're on your side. So they look good to the public, but most importantly, they get, you know, some cash in the process because again, this is a government agency, you know, they, they get funded by tax dollars and of course, whatever they can they can raise and get from these, these, these fines and things like that. So they do need money to stay in, in, in operation. Um, another thing, Trustmark was ordered to pay $3.85 million to subsidize home loans for residents of majority black brown communities. So that's another penalty that they have on top of the $5 million fine. Um, and you can kind of see that's what that's what the feds really wanted. They wanted to also bring in some more revenue for, for their programs or subsidized programs. Uh, it's just a, another tax, if you will, uh, on, on big business. Um, and a lot of people think that, you know, good good for them. That means that, uh, you know, the big banks are paying and the consumer is not going to pay for that, you know, but the consumer is going to pay to some degree. Trustmark is probably going to raise their rates or raise some fees somewhere. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this always hurts the consumer's pocketbook. I'm not, I'm not an advocate saying that we shouldn't do anything about it. If there is a bank out there that is redlining or doing something that they shouldn't be doing, there should be some consequences there. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of these times the consumer ends up, you know, floating the bill. They end up paying for it somehow. Uh, so that's my opinion on the matter. Uh, shame on Trustmark for really not putting any, any loan officers in those branches um, and, and, and making sure that they were, you know, actively not participating in, in redlining or, or possibly look like they were redlining. They should have done a better job. 
that and, uh, and then you kind of see how the feds you know saw a quick way to make a quick buck and put another head on their on their on their wall and say we took down Trustmark Bank so it's a corrupt system y'all in, in, in my opinion it's, it's corrupt all around so you know it, it is what it is take care of yourself take care of your family you know and, and know that there are a lot of good guys out there there are people that, that do want to help you buy houses or there is a system here set up to where you could actually you understand the game you understand the rules you know exactly you know what you need to do to put yourself in a good position financially whether it's home ownership investment wise you know there's opportunity there certainly for you well, that is my time for today on to, you know, today's topic. If you like today's content, if you like the video, give me a big thumbs up. I really do appreciate that. Uh, also, I want to know if you ever, if you believe that you were ever a victim of, of redlining or you know somebody who was, drop it in the comments section below. Definitely would love to, to hear uh, you know, your story or your friend's story and how that happened. Um, also, don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on all the videos that get released. Um, and last but not least, if you are in the, the process of wanting to restore your credit, wanting to get back on track, uh, you've heard me say this many times before, credit is power. It does help you get yourself in a better financial situation, you know, going from renting and throwing your money away in rent to home ownership, building equity, to getting investment properties, lowering your cost of living and interest rates and things like that. Credit can really empower you. And I get it. Sometimes you know you want to fix it, but you don't have the time. You don't want to hire someone to do it. You don't want to spend all that money to do it. No worries. No big deal. If you click on the link in my bio, there is information on how you can actually do it yourself. I do have a, a credit score blueprint course. All the letter templates, all the training you need to repair your credit yourself like a pro is right at your fingertips. So everything we do in my company, the credit agents, I condense all of that down into a course where you can do it for yourself, take control of your own credit, repair your own credit, and do it completely on your own, no strings attached. So click on the link on the bio to, to, to learn more. Again, I'm Joe Chavaria. This, is when it, this has been another episode of the Joe Credit Show. I'll see you guys next time. Take care.